What's up, family? Welcome to the latest edition of the Real Estate Podcast. We got a dynamite show for y'all today. I'm uh, your co-host, Melvin Dickens, along with my partner, Real Estate Guru, Al Davis. And check this out. We got our super guest today, man. Brother is a dynamite brother. His name is Stokely Carmichael, man. He is a businessman, entrepreneur, activist, trailblazer. Brother is doing everything out here, man. And so we're going to have a great show for you today. So we just gonna go ahead and get started. But first of all, check us out on the Real Estate Podcast on all social media platforms. We're on Ham Radio every Monday at 6 p.m. You can check us out. And also check us out on the Real Estate Podcast LinkedIn. Also underscore State Podcast Instagram and also on uh, Facebook. So let's just get right to the show. Brother Stokey, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for having me. Congratulations, yeah. man. It's success with my guy, Al. Oh, thanks, Stokey. And then look, we're in his spot, Silk Sports Bar, right here in the heart of Towson, man. Great spot. If you ever need to come chill out with your lady, chill out with the fellas. Plenty of screens to catch up on all the latest sporting events. I've been here myself for a couple of dynamite fight nights. We had a great time, great food, great atmosphere. Uh, is uh, His staff is just out top notch. So we really appreciate you uh, hosting us in your spot today. So, Al, let's get right into it, man. Talk to our brother today. Nah, first of all, Stokey, thanks for having us here, man. It's an honor to be here. I want to talk about, first of all, I come here all the time to eat. The food is great. But tell me a little bit about how you came with the name Silk. Tell, tell me about your man Silk and the establishment here and what are some of your goals and objectives going forward. Well, um, of course, the name comes from Silk, my late friend, who passed away October 2020. Um, he was an inspiration to me. He was from my neighborhood, very funny guy who used social media platform to, you know, generate a lot of fans, you know, and, and engagement, you know. And he wasn't really a comedian, but he was somebody I knew my entire life who just was funny. And one day I decided to, like, post one of his videos, and they went viral. <laughs> and the rest became history. Um, but he was a, a very good dear friend of mine. And then um, after he passed away, I was home one day just preparing for my day, and a guy sent me a message that there was a restaurant that had a liquor license available in Towson. Mm -hmm. So I always wanted to do a sports bar since I came home from prison. I'm like, I'm going to do one one day. And I looked into it, you know, and I brought it to, to fruition. But then I thought about the name. I'm like, well, it makes sense to, you know, keep Silk's legacy alive. Yes. Use his name, you know, and make sure that people understand, you know, the reason behind it, you know, and hopefully people will come out and support which they have, like you guys, y'all been supporting since day one. Yeah. You know, so that's where the name come from, and that's the mission behind it. And I heard you say, doing talking about silks, that you were incarcerated, and after you came home, you wanted to open a sports bar. So that leads me to the question: What do you see? Your surroundings, how do you make your surroundings different? Speak a little bit about how your surroundings were then and who you surround yourself with as opposed to after the fact 
how your surroundings are and who you surround yourself with and the difference? Um, so, like, because I, I don't like to sound like a demagogue, but, no, my friends are my friends. Yeah. You know, we, we have choices we make in life, good, bad, or indifference, and sometimes you can even, you know, escape the noise, you know what I'm saying, or you can embrace it. So for me, being, you know, being from Baltimore, born and raised, you know, in a climate where we survive, mm -hmm. people survive differently, and a lot of my friends, including myself, made poor decisions, you know, they took me away from my family and my friends for 12 years. And some of them people are still friends with me today, we just made poor decisions. So I don't necessarily um, not associate with certain people because of who they are. I disassociate with people because of what they do. Mm. So if you're someone who's still doing things I'm no longer doing, whether you're a friend or a foe, it doesn't matter, I'm not gonna participate. But I changed my thinking, so me changing my thinking allows me to make these conscious decisions about where I wanna go, who I wanna go around, and right. so forth. So, um, and it's kinda easy now. I'm old enough to know right from wrong. I know, right. you know, if it quack like a duck, walk like a duck, it's probably a duck, yes. right? You know, yes. so I don't need me making excuses at this age in my life. But um, some of my friends from back then are still my friends today. Um, I had a bunch of men around me that was loyal, and trustworthy and you know they still are saying to this day yeah man so like thinking about that like growing up it's like you know you kind of you told the story of how you had a challenge you know what i'm saying like you know al spoke to the incarceration piece but like we talk about baltimore it's a tough city to survive and a lot of times you hear all the stuff you hear about some of the larger cities like often we hear stories about new york chicago la but you know cities like baltimore philly newark new jersey we got our own <laughs> a little grime and, and, and grit and hustle stories. And talk about that, man, because I know you sports was a part of your life too, man. I know you play ball. Just like how even getting back on it, how you give back a little bit in the community. Um, you know, well, you know, again, you speak about other areas and different cultures, and and when you domesticate it, you know, and you are a local so-called celebrity hero you normally find people who want to be like you, right? Mm -hmm. And my heroes came from my, my community, the guys I looked up to, who showed me how to become a man even before I knew what being a man was like. So in Baltimore, you have traditions, you know, we have these ideologies that have come custom, and we are a creature of habit. So if we see someone doing something that's successful, Normally, you try to follow that, right? Whether it be selling drugs, or be boxing, basketball. So I always, you know, was a good follower. To, I, to one day, I became a great leader. And giving back was always something I was passionate about because of, you know, my love for my city and my people. And that would never change. Um, but like even playing basketball, you know, East, West, North, it was always camaraderies. You know, it was always guys who I, who I loved to play against, play with, you know. And it was a good thing to do to pass time, you know. And, also, you know, you exercising at the same time, and you know, you talking your stuff. But you know, Baltimore, man, is, is, is a a great city, man. It's, a, it's just very unfortunate that we have poor leaders, and we have guys that and, and people in general, women who are very selfish. You know, they do things that benefit them in that platform, mm -hmm. and they don't necessarily share the love that other cities share. You know, you think about Baltimore, we got one of everything. Right. One boxer, one football player right. that we idolize. In other places, they got 10, 30, 40, you know, right. people. So I think, you know, we come a long way, though. I'm hopeful that this generation that's before us will take, you know, the torch and, and run with it, you know, and become these new beacons of hope because Baltimore has been hopeless for a long time. And that's why you see a lot of crime and violence and things like that. So I think, and it's also dealing with social economics, you know, but if you find people who are invested in themselves, 
in the future, you're going to start seeing change, and you're going to start seeing people really come together more to be like those other cities that you just mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a good thing, man, because I always think about how, I, I mean, I, I talk about basketball, how it wasn't until, you know, we had guys that get hoop in Baltimore for a long time, and I remember how when they used to come down here, they would kind of skip Baltimore and highlight DC DC ball players. And so you know about we had all this rivalry, Baltimore, right. DC, our little thing. We still do it to this day. Um, and then kind of, I remember kind of what I think when I think one of the times B more got on the map was uh, about eighty five when ball when they sma- when they before. yeah when they spack spanked uh, Camden Camden had Bill yeah, Wagner yeah, all of them yeah, yeah. and they was like nationally ranked and Dunbar wasn't ranked. And they like blew him out. And then it's like, where did this team come from? And then, you know, that's when Muggs and all those guys. Well, Muggs don't come up in the early 80s. I remember yeah. watching Muggs, David Wingate, Reggie Williams, oh, Reggie Lewis, yeah. all them guys, you know, and the Kirk Lees of the world. Then you got the Sam Cassells and the yeah. Keith Boots and Dante, yeah. Michael Lord. Dunbar tradition. Even West Baltimore, when you had, you know, people that was from West Baltimore that was real good in basketball, oh, yeah. Spoon and yeah. so forth, you know. Um, and I, I, I grew up, right, yeah, no, of course, yeah, shout out to Rudy. I, I remember basketball being um, a fun thing in Baltimore mm-hmm. where you could go and couldn't get in the gym. Whether it be BNBL, Project Survival, and things like that. And now you can find a seat anywhere, right? You know, you get front row for free now <laughs> yeah. because there's so much lack of participation. But, um, you know, there's always been a rich tradition in Baltimore to play basketball. And some of these guys was hopeful to make it to the next level. I mean, like, I, I look at a guy like Sam Cassell, man. Sam avoided a lot of the traps that mm-hmm. some of us caught. And, but Sam was dedicated, committed, you know, and he had heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sam probably a, a year older than me, but he had way more heart than me. Mm-hmm. And I would give him the court and freeze up and get scared. <laughs> Although I might have the talent, but... Sam had the heart, and sometimes heart beat time, yeah. you know, and, yeah. it, you know, you see where you at today, you know. Yeah. So sometimes you make that that different 10-second decision that can change your life, you know. And I think yeah. guys like Sam who was committed and dedicated, you know, you know, and he played the game he loved, and it showed every time he stepped on the court. Yeah, so Stokey, man, I know um, a few years ago you, you had a bid, a campaign for running for mayor. But I want to talk about a little bit about your activism, man. I just seen you around doing so many things. And, like, I know you're a businessman, entrepreneur. But, like, what drives you in a sense, like, you know, to want to – I mean, I know you just talked about love for the city. But what's kind of, like, driving you, your passion to do some of the things you engaged in? Um, For one, like, the political landscape and running for mayor, you know, it, it went over people's head. And I think if I could honestly – say how I feel about that, you know, a lot of people disappointed me because they didn't understand the ideology behind why I did it. I wasn't trying to be mayor. I wasn't trying to, I wanted to change the perspective on what change looked like. So if you see someone who's been through what you've been through, who's actually fighting for a cause, and now he has your attention, now you can be hopeful that you can be the next anybody or the next somebody, right? And I used that platform because that year, again, was very important. We was walking up on five or six straight years of 300-plus homicides. There wasn't anybody that was a regular individual who wasn't politically affiliated running for mayor. Already, right. So, and then I wanted us to get engaged in the process so we can let our voices be heard. We complain, but we don't involve ourselves in the process. A lot of people let me, well, I know they didn't let me down because, I, I mean, I was 
that was good regardless. But I just thought they were smarter than that. Because sometimes, you know, like I'm usually a person like Donald Trump, who most Democrats hate, right? But Donald Trump became an outsider and then an inside favorite because he went against status quo. He did mm -hmm. things that everybody was afraid to do, and he said things everybody was afraid to say. Right. And although we dif disagree with his, you know, his character, his ideology, his political philosophy, you know, I, I understand exactly what he was doing. And people who supported him made sure that he got where he needed to go, whether he was going to win or lose. He didn't think he wasn't even prepared to win. Right. And that's yeah. the sad part about it. But for me, it wasn't about winning because the race that I was running for, I won. If I changed one life mm -hmm. and show one kid, listen, man, my mom died of AIDS, father wasn't in my life, went to prison for 12 years. Here I am now running for mayor. So if you're stuck in a situation that's either problematic or troublesome, you can turn it around. Because I did. Now, again, I wanted to get out of the race in December 2019, but I feel like, no, you can't quit because you're like a quitter. Yeah. Right. Like, but I'm, I'm tired. I'm ready. I'm ready to get out. Yeah. And I wanted to change the narrative. You know, people always talk about, well, Stokey went to prison. Okay, now you can say I did something else. Right? Right. You know, right. Other right. than Google me, blah, blah, you know, stuff, right. you know what I'm saying? So, and then, like, I lost a lot of money. I lost $2 million running for mayor. I mean, I was managing the artists that we was getting anywhere between seventy-five to 200000 a week mm. doing shows. I mean, this guy was hot. He was hot. He was on fire. Mm. So, he getting $75,000 a show, and we doing three, four shows a week. You do the math. Yeah. So, I had to suspend that. To run for mayor, and I man, remember talking to my man. good friend Emery, and he was like, "Yo, I only want you to run for mayor, man, because you're gonna be controlled, you're gonna be in a box." He said, "But if you run, I'm gonna support you." Right. He said, "Man, you know, and because I had already made plans to go to LA, work alongside Rock Nation, and help my artist become the best he could possibly be with that platform, those resources." And and I remember asking him, man, "What do you think I should do, this, man? You, you know, come out here." and figure it out, or you can stay in Baltimore and leave. But if you stay, make it worth the while. Right. So I decided to stay in Baltimore, throw my hat in the ring. And then, you know, I don't regret it. I regret losing the money, right? Right. <laughs> but I don't regret, like, you know, running. But, and then as far as activism, I don't never really consider myself an activism. Yeah. I mean, activist. And I do activism because I love my city so much yeah. because they always supported me. And I mean, even when I was doing wrong, whether you want to call me a Robin Hood or whatever, <laughs> I, I always loved my community. Right. I always loved my city. I just was surviving, and I chose that lane to survive. And I'm not pointing finger at no one, because there's people who do it every day who has a suit and tie on. Right. They just right. not using that form or method of survival, but they breaking law every day. Yeah. And we paying them to break law. We right. have police that we was paying to serve and protect us. They was robbing us. Right. But again, you know, you're going to always look like, you know, the black cat or frowned upon when you do certain things in society. And I understand that. I accept my responsibility as a man. Didn't tell on nobody. Didn't bring nobody. We, I did everything I was supposed to do. I came home. Again, I changed my thinking. And I wanted to get back to my community because I took so much from my community. Yeah. So when you when you are a beacon of hope, whether it be negative or positive, because you got a lot of guys who want to be a kingpin, right? <laughs> because they see somebody else. Right. You know, I mean, that's what they see. Yeah. Right. So and that, and people always say, well, why they rap about drugs and guns? That's what they see. Yeah. Because they know. So sometimes you got to change the environment or change the conversation to get them something else to talk about. But for me, like there was no excuse, man. You know, I went to college for real estate psychology. I just chose, you know, that fast life. 
But I have never been so happy, healthy, and successful. Now, mm. I mean, you know, although I've been having some problematic issues, you know, dealing with, you know, life, but like, I mean, my, this is in my name, my car, my house, you know, I, I've been blessed, you know, right. so I know I, I never would have got this if I was hustling, yeah. ever. Yeah. People do it, but not me, I wouldn't have done it, right, you know. Yeah. So when I get back to my community, you know, it feels great, you know, and although I have partners such as Hugh City who no longer involved and the New Balances and the Timbers and Nikes, all those people who, who sponsor from a major level, I still feel the need to get back when I can. Right. And But sometimes it gets frustrated because you don't really see the fruits of your labor. You right. still see 300-some homicides. Yeah. But I always knew that I can seek atonement and forgiveness for my wrongdoings, but a young man who's stuck, he don't want to hear that. No. Right? He don't care about what I've done and how many uh, flowers I gave to the church. They don't care about that. Right. But yeah. the thing about it is I always said that, you know, due to lack of resources and um, I call it the financial handicaps, right? If, if you can give people hope, and you give them some resources, whether it be a job, money, you know, training, whatever they got to do, you're going to see a difference because you got to invest in mm -hmm. whatever it is that you want to grow. I don't care if it's a flower, you got to water it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you don't, you know, you, you know what's going to happen. And, you know, it, it's sad because, like, even with, when you talk about the entrepreneurship, right, um, I mean, I, I worked hard, man, you know, to change the narrative. Like, my first business restaurant, you know, I bought it. In the inner city of Baltimore, you know, um, it was already a successful deli before I bought it. Um, but I wanted to get people jobs, you know. I did that. I opened up a barbershop upstairs. I did that. You know, a lounge next door, a salon. And I did so many different things to get people jobs and opportunities because I know if you get people jobs, you get them hope. Mm -hmm. That's but true. Baltimore, we won't support each other, but you got somebody, and I don't want to name his name because he, he's... He is what he is. But he came to Baltimore, opened up a restaurant in downtown in the harbor, and everybody flew down there. Oh, yo, 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 yo. Act like they grew up with the guy. Right. Kissed him, hugged him, shined his shoes and did everything, right? Yeah. But I ain't seen him out of yet, but I'm fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> but they ran down there in the harbor right. like, like he was going to get them, you know, financial uh, a stimulus check or something. I don't know what that was about. But then when he get shut down and... His, put out a business, he talked bad about us. Right, right. But they okay with that. But the same people who patronize him, like it, it was the new thing, I haven't seen them. And they call themselves my friend. But I'm okay with that. Right. Yeah. I'm okay with that because I know who I am. And I know I always tell people all the time, it's not about theology, but God don't play with me or play about me. So I'm okay with that, right? You know, I know what he got for me is for me. Exactly. I just know now how to deal with those individuals, you know. And, you know, somebody said something a long time ago, your handshake don't match your smile. <laughs> now they know why. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a thing, man. I think, you know, I think part of that's the society, too. So I think, man, some of the stuff that people, you know, because, you know, one thing I say, okay, anything downtown is, like, hot, right? I mean, that's a that's a concept. It's not necessarily true, but that's a concept, right? So if people want to flock to downtown for whatever reason, and then, you know, sometimes it's, this is the thing, and people are drawn to stuff that's not necessarily the best thing. I think that's that's just that's just some part of human nature. But I think, um, you know, I like the fact that we got some homegrown, you know, people like yourself, man, that's from here and is doing, have done some big things and successful. Even you had your challenges. I think this is a story that should be highlighted. Yeah. And I like the fact. I know you said, man, I don't really feel like I'm an activist. Activist. I feel like you are. 
not that you had to wear the title. A lot of people right. wear the title. They be saying, "Oh, I'm an activist." I'm like, "Oh yeah." yeah they yeah. say I'm a community organizer. I'm like, "What you done? Who you who you been with? Like who where you like?" Because a lot of people, man, you know, I I give an example. You know, I hate to bring up you know the unrest. You know, Fred, I, I, Freddie I, I, Gray, right? And um, I remember I walked down there and um, I happened to just go down. And I just wanted to see. I was at North and Penn. And um, it was another brother, he a pastor in the city, and we and it was just another brother pastor. We just met up. We wasn't we weren't going there. Right. And I never went with the group of pastors, even though that's what I do. And I'm not discrediting any of them. But right. what I'm saying is every day I work for a nonprofit. I'm in the community. I go to these community meetings all over. I've done stuff, I worked in schools. So like I'm not and I'm not discrediting anybody, but I feel like sometimes people show up. For the camera or the event, and you ain't doing it all the time. Cut you off, but I did mean to cut you off. <laughs> so as I segue, but no, go back to what you said about that's part of society culture. It is, it's not. We talking about black people in Baltimore, some more black people. Yeah. We don't have that many black-owned restaurants in Baltimore, right. specifically downtown. Right. And we don't have that many black restaurants for people that you personally know no. his or her struggle. Right. Right. So what I'm saying is, I'm not talking about not support me because I don't sell your your food or your beverage. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying to you is that if I go flop to someone else that I don't know for the reason of fame and you know, perception, that means that I'm not really doing it for the support. I'm doing it for those reasons. And there are different variations. I'm just saying to you is that I don't take offense to it. I know what I'm dealing with. And I'm saying to you is that, you know, it's, it's, it's people who are prone to be in the spotlight. I don't want to bring no fame to myself for the arrest. I just dive straight in. And what happened was, when that happened, a young man called me when Freddie was a first assaulted. But when the news get involved, he, he like, damn, so I was trying to tell you first. Right. I'm like, yeah, but they brought more attention to it, and I wouldn't understand the dynamics until, right. so I apologize to you, but he, he definitely gave me, came to me when it first happened. Right. It happened three, four minutes from where I grew up at. I go down there, I said, we got to do something. Right. We have to do something. And I didn't know what to do. So they had already did protesting from the police station the week before the funeral. I went down there and participated. But I, I'm, I'm a shy person. I got low self-esteem. So I, I try to shy away from the light. Right. But at that time, if you remember, the casino had just opened up. Mm-hmm. So I go down to the casino. Now, the casino got TV just like this with no volume. Right. So I'm sitting there playing blackjack, you know, and trying to put this stress behind me. And my friend Emery, he in, in Rock Nation office, he calling me. I don't want him to know I'm gambling. Right. So I don't, like, <laughs> I answer. Like, yo, where, where you at, bro? You yeah. I said, um, I'm, I'm, I'm chilling. What's up? What's good? He said, you chilling? Yeah. I said, yeah. He said, where, 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 where you at? <laughs> I, I sat downtown, um, grabbed some food. He said, man, you don't know you see what's going on? I said, what's going on? He said, man, you, you tripping? Then I look at TV on CNN, they got a split screen. Right. At the Freddie Gray funeral, they went crazy. On mm-hmm. one screen, it's Mondomin on Mondomin Luton. On other screen, it's Prince Avenue on fire. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the f-? And it's so in Baltimore. Yeah. And then you see people throwing rocks, and then that's the thing I know I look on Russell Street, Howard County police going to bed, Arundel County, mm. boy, I see all these different polices being, you know, summons to come to. I'm like, oh, mm. I can't get an Uber because I wasn't driving. I got dropped off down there. Now, at that time, I was living downtown. So I'm trying to get to my house just so I can 
be safe because they everything and there's our crazy. Go to my house, I see police with shields on all downtown because they made it sure they protected in the harbor. Right. They're gonna protect the face yeah. of the city. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. So next thing I know, he said, man, I'm gonna be down there on the next thing smoking on the train. He called me, said, I'll be on there, I'm, I'm coming down, we're going to fix this. So at that time, I had a good relationship you know, with Meek Mills and people who had a big platform. I said, Meek, can you post this for me and tell everybody, meet us at Cloverdale Basketball Court. They helped me organize the Peace Walk from East Baltimore to West Baltimore to downtown. So that was historical. You got people come down in Baltimore, support that, the likes of Carmelo and Anthony got involved and, you know, Kevin Lowes and guys who from Baltimore who had a bigger platform who just came to support. That's where that activism stuff come from. Yeah. But I always get back to my community before right. Freddie Gray. Right. And that's what, that's what I want to touch on. I know that's how I met you because I knew people that everybody kept saying, man, you, you remind me of Stokely. You need to meet them. You need to meet them. But I was helping little guys here and there, here and there to try to change their direction, right? right. And they was like, you need to meet Stokely. You need to smoke. I didn't know, I didn't know you was in music at that time. I know you're music now. What? And they called me on the phone and they like, hey, speak to him. Stokely, this is my man Al, but you didn't know who I was. But on that note, what I wanted to talk about is you got a project called the Stokely Project, right? Mm -hmm. Explain a little bit about what's that about, what's some of the goals and objective of that of that program. So when I um, when I first came home, a good friend of mine named Raul, Raul Smith, he passed away. Um, everybody kept asking me to help them with their platform. And I kept saying, if I get involved with something, I wanted it to be a brand. So one day a guy called me and said, man, you got to use your name, man. You keep... Doing this, you keep going, use your name, man. Right. I said, what you mean? He said, you got a good name. Right. So if you use your name, man, he said, man, so if you stamp something, make it a part of your brand. So he said, like, you think of Warner Brothers. When you see Warner Brothers do a movie, it's Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, you know right there on the screen, yeah. You know, he said, you know, so if you do a, something, let it be a Stokey project, you know. And I said, oh, that sounds good. So I just said, well, let me just create a company called the Stokey Project, mm -hmm. meaning that if I touch something, it's part of the Stokey Project, whether it be with the music, mm -hmm. entertainment, documentaries, movies, etc. And that, and that's where that came from. But um, So Stokey Project has always been associated with entertainment, you know, philanthropy, community activism, movies, you name it, you know, community givebacks. I just always want to use my name, you know, Regardless of the method, right. to create opportunities to for people, people. Right. to be fully informed of what I was involved in. Because if you see my name on it, then you know you know what's behind it. So, how do you feel? Though I know a lot of young kids coming to me. I got because you know I got Instagram. I do. Right. I've been doing real estate twenty some years. So a lot of people come to me and like, you know, I want to stop doing this whatever they're doing, and I want to try to do, you know, I want to right. do real estate. I like what you're doing. I see the money involved, the potential money involved. How do you feel as though, like, say if, you, say if a young fella walks, say 18 years old, he walk up to you and be like, I just want to do something different. I want to change. What do you feel as though, what are your suggestions to him? What, what are some of the things you would say to that young fella to help him go in another direction because he has a want to go in the other direction? Man, it happens to me every single day. Every day. And you know, the tough part about being who I am, I'm real. You know, mm -hmm. and I know yeah, I, I see myself in a lot of young guys who've been disenfranchised, hopeless, they desensitize, and you know, they feel like giving up. You know, yeah, I see it all the time. And I, I understand that firsthand. And I always tell people, you can't fix something unless you know how it works. 
Yes. A lot of people trying to fix these kids, but they don't know how these kids work. Social media has destroyed the mindset of yes, most human beings who don't understand that that's an app that has been able to connect people from all over the world. But if that app gets shut down, can you survive off your natural attributes or your natural yeah, talent? Yeah, right. Yeah. And a lot of people can't. Right, a lot of people can't. And I'm saying, you know, it also, to me, messes with the mind to a point where though people think, well, I got one million followers. Yeah, well, man, I better have one million dollars. Right, right. But I get it. <laughs> yes. I get it that that's, that makes you feel important. I get it. But somebody told me, they said, man, is nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. nice. I agree. And I do my best, you know, to be nice or real, sociable, approachable. And I can't help everybody because I don't have the means to do so. So when you say somebody walk up to me like a day, somebody want me to help with their music. I love Baltimore so much, I believe that everybody in Baltimore that's in music is only one hit away. Because all you need is one hit. You don't yeah. need a whole platinum right. LP or EP. You need yeah. one song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I look at the artists today, the sexy reds of the world, the Jurillas or whatever. I mean, the young ladies, you know, and some of the guys that came about, they had one good song. Mm -hmm. But they had probably a team of people to push them out. Right. You know? like even with my son, you know, my son is my favorite artist because he's one of my favorite people. Right. And I know how hard he works and, and how dedicated he is to his craft. You know, being a father, you know, being from Baltimore, where, you know, we don't make it out, you know. Right. So, right. Don't, yeah. no, it's tough for me because I can't give these young men the instruments that they need to succeed on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. I can listen to them. I can put them in contact with some people. But then you got a million something people trying to get the same job. Right. right? <laughs> and that's the hard part. Exactly. They don't understand. Like, you have a million people trying to get to one label, right? Right. The, the average label probably have 50, 60 artists, you know. But you got two, three, four, five, even 50 million people trying to rap. But see, that's the thing, man. Why I I, I, I think about that, right? And I'm thinking about, but why can't we teach the brothers to do, uh, like, this camera stuff? To do, no, the, do the sound. You no, can. but you know, like, I, it was funny. I didn't even know. Um, I had a little cousin. He from East Baltimore. He, uh, he, he about 40 now, but he... He was into music, but he was into doing beats and just producing, producing right? And so he, he did a few little things, had a few little songs and people. But and then it was a school that they, that he was not trying to go to in Florida that just taught him all the audio stuff. And um, one of his friends went to school, and he does, like, all the audio for, like, the big concerts. Like, when they go to these concerts, this guy, he said he make, like, $25,000 just a show, like for shows because he's the guy who's, like, doing all the audio but and a lot of those young guys had had that same skill set you know they just they may not develop it they don't go to school for it so i'll be thinking about like look man there's these kind of jobs i think it's just exposure opportunities sometimes that we don't people don't see like you can see all the rappers but you don't see the people behind the cameras or the people on the mixing board you know what i'm saying yeah but I, I and think, longer but I, I think i think it go back to what we said earlier about opportunity and how it presents itself right you you asked a question to me why can't we teach xyz so that goes back to school when you talk about a curriculum right how do you get to astronaut school <laughs> I mean, I don't know how. I don't even know. How, how do you be an astronaut? I have no idea. I, I never met somebody say, I'm going to astronaut school, right? But <laughs> yeah. you know, they got astronauts. You know, right? they got astronauts. You be a pilot. But, but I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, you, right. you, you tell know. me. If you tell me military, you know, or I don't know. But you I'm saying that course, yeah. that's not really 
prevalent or relevant in our communities. Right. Right. You, you know, you Tiger Woods is a golf player, but I don't see golf programs on Harlem Park. Right. I don't see a Douglas. I don't see that. You know, tennis. I don't see those things. Right. So you gotta go look for them. Mm-hmm. But down the average kid that doesn't have the finances. And if this curriculum is not taught in school, you ask him to go above and beyond to do something that we want him to do to make money. Right. They only going to do what they see. If they don't know it exists, why would you hold them responsible for trying to find right. it? So what I'm saying is, of course, engineer. I, one, one of the things that I, one of my policies or things I was considering introducing when I was running for mayor is bringing back, you know, the Votech. Like you know, like you think about when I was in school, we had all these vocational trainings, right? So if a kid does not finish high school or go to college, he can fall back on an electrician. Right. He can fall back on being a plumber. Yeah. They don't have that no more. So now, I think the percentage might change, but 80% of the people, or I'm sorry, 72% of the people who go past ninth grade graduate. The other 28% don't. So that other 28%, what are they going to do? What are they going to become? Are they going to try to get a GED, right? Or whoever. But then you got... 47% of people who graduate who don't go to college, mm-hmm. then those who do go to college, only 62% finish. So what they going to fall back on, you go through 12 years of school, you don't have no vocational training, you got a few credits, but then you still have no experience. But at least in vocational schools, you can still fall back oh on being a plumber. Even after ninth grade, 10th grade, you don't finish, you can find a job. Exactly. They don't, we don't have that anymore. A lot of people look, like you say, they look and see what they see, and that's what they want to gravitate to. But they don't look internally like, like we do real estate. People probably look at me flipping houses, and you might make fifty or seventy or hundred thousand on a house. But the stuff that we need to for that thing to grow is we need electricians, plumbers, HVAC guys. Uh, an electrician can make ten to twenty thousand a property. A, a, a plumber can make six to fifteen thousand a property. HVAC guy can make ten to twenty a property. We doing eight properties, right? So do the math on that. If you just went and learned the electrician and stuff like that. I think one of the things, we, it kind of came up as a theme, sharing information. So you talk about, we say giving back, but it's really sharing information, man. It's just like going back in your neighborhood, talking to people. Like, it's funny how, you know, recently, you know, I, in my neighborhood, I just lost my grandmother. So I've been back there. Yeah, but, um, so, you know, but the block is still the block, but it's different, right? It's a lot of different people, but some of the, people that I know I grew up with I got a, a buddy of mine he in the truck in and he started doing houses um Al you know this we was doing a house getting some plumbing and the guy came back was one of the OGs from my neighborhood man mm-hmm. he was a supervisor for the city mm-hmm. so I'm like oh man I know I'm in good hands now and so right. when he he showed I took him and showed one of the houses he's like oh man let's connect we could talk to some of the kids in the neighborhood about this he was just excited to see I was doing good you know so man, and he was a little older than me man so he's a little older than me but he was like one of the OG's in the neighborhood man I looked up to him always had a nice car pretty girl all that was always fresh you know what I'm saying and so of course you know I called him Unk, but just like the reconnection of just saying hey and people will call you and you try to look out for them right it's just hey I got a job why Send it to my man. Oh, hey, somebody might be interested in entertainment. I might say, oh my God, Stokey, man, he, you know, he might just, you know, steer you in the right direction. It don't mean everybody gotta give you a handout or hookup. Sometimes it's just a phone call. I apologize to anybody who I miss because people, you know, it's fourteen hundred forty minutes in a day, right. ten thousand eighty minutes in a week, right? Forty thousand two hundred twenty minutes in a month. Yeah. When they're gone, they're gone. Don't. So I try to value my time, but more important, I be, I really be busy because, like, I never thought that opening a restaurant, not one but two 
will be this hard. Right. You got to find good people. Mm-hmm. I've been blessed to have some good people around me, some good partners who help me understand how to move the needle. Yeah. I never knew that inspections was important. I never <laughs> I knew that, that paying yeah. gas electric was important. Right? Oh, you know? yeah. And it takes money to keep these things alive. And I spent exactly. a lot of my own money getting these things off the ground that I haven't recouped yet. But I feel good every Wednesday because I can pay people and they keep a job. Because right. I got hope and I got faith that this thing will turn around yeah. to a franchise like we're going to Miami open up a new one soon. Right? Okay. That's the plan, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's steps, you know. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting back to being myself, getting back to being happy and elated yeah. to wake up every single day healthy. Yeah. Now I start working out again. Certain things that I used to do, I'm getting back into doing again, right? Because sometimes you you fall out of habit. Yeah, like you know, you start normalizing, you know, the dysfunction, and it becomes so habitual that it becomes Automatic, who you are. Yeah. And I don't want to be that person. You know what I'm saying? No. I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't take medicine. I don't do no drugs. Never have. Yeah, people don't know that. So people come in like, "Yo, take a shot." I'm like, I don't drink. <laughs> they think I had a, a situation before. I said, "No, I just always believed in." My health, I thought I was going to be a, a basketball player, and I never wanted to be like my it. mom or right. my grandparents, so I stayed away from it. Stayed away. There's nothing wrong with drinking. Right. I mean, that's your thing, or smoking, that's your thing. I just don't do it. Because exactly. I believe that whatever I put into this has to be better for me. Right. And I don't trust what they make to put it here. <laughs> right? So I see, you know, they, my son, you know, he had a, a situation with smoking marijuana one time and it was tainted. Yeah. And it caused me to have episodes, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, I don't. I don't trust that. Right. I don't want to put that in my system. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Trust that. And I, I can't trust it. Nope. Cause I don't get one of me. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm and I'm so compatible with my kids, even when playing sports. I refuse to let them beat me today <laughs> in basketball <laughs> because I ain't ready to retire yet. You know. Right. And we compatible when it comes to fashion, sports, entertainment, and they my best friends. But I'm just not ready to retire yet. So, you know, I, I do my best to stay healthy, yeah. mentally and physically, so I can compete. Yeah. Somebody, I was talking to somebody the other day that I spoke with them while they were like, how you? doing like everybody say that how you doing but then I really thought about like you know what my health is good my kids is good my business good my money okay and and I'm I'm good (laughs) and I always tell people how I look because sometimes you look good but you ain't you ain't really good right but um you know man like for the most part life is good man I'm just I'm just looking to support my son and his career, my other children and their de- endeavors, you know, I, you know, I was blessed, you yeah, know. Shout out to yourself, man. Oh, YBS Scola, man, yeah. you know, he, he's, he's, he's been, you know, one of the premium rappers in Baltimore for so long. But one thing people take away from that, that he's a good person. Yeah, he seems like a He's nice one guy. of my best friends in the whole wide world, and I love him. I love all my kids. And me and him got a lot in common, but he's just a good person. So, like, you know, he don't hate on nobody. He don't want you to lose because he can't win. Right. That's not who he is. Right. It's people, I don't speak you the more he still speaks to you. And I get mad at him about that, but that's just him being his own person, right, you know, understand, you know, that, you know, although the person, and now he knows the person do something to me detrimentally, he right. won't fall out. But if it's just right. a word game and we have disagreement, he's like, ah, yeah, you know, well, I might see him like the person picture on Instagram, like, man, you like that? You know? But I'll, I, you know, I don't try to take it away from him, but he, he's just a good person, man, you know, and like, Sometimes our kids don't understand how blessed they is to have parents. And, and these kids are so entitled these days. Mm. I mean, when they fall out with a parent, I'm like, y'all forgive a dude who disrespects you. Yeah. Or you favor a girl who calls you, but your parents is now your enemy. Right. Like, I don't, don't understand that, but it makes sense to people because it works for them now mm-hmm. until you're gone. My mom passed away in September of 99. 
I would do anything in the world to have her back. Mm -hmm. Like Silk. Yo, I wouldn't have Silk if Silk was alive. Yeah. I'd probably have a restaurant with a different name, but it wouldn't be Silk. So, right. But right. I mean, like, you know, would I rather have my friend back? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I just do my best to keep his legacy alive through these doors, but I'd rather have my friend back because he meant so much to me, you yeah. know? And I'd have been in more fruits and graduations, but that's where we are now. Yeah. Right. We live in a time now where though we are normalizing death. You know, we're not even celebrating success. We don't support each other, you know, and it's because we're in a dark place. And it happened a lot happened to us mentally, too, after COVID. Yeah. When you keep anything inside for so long, right, who's supposed to be outside, it shrinks their thinking, their growth prospect, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And again, I love psychology. I studied it, you know, although I didn't get my degree yet, but it's something that I, I, I like it to because it gives me a better understanding of how we think and how we behave. Yeah, you know, more and then, insight. And even like when it comes to anger management, you know what I'm saying, whether it be being passive, being assertive, being aggressive, people don't understand. Like, yo, you have a choice. And I learned a word called locus is Latin for location. Mm. Inside of us, there's a locus motive of control that only we control. So you can't make me mad. <laughs> like, you you gotta make, make yourself mad, right? I choose. Be mad about it, yeah. right? Right now, if I call you a a, a B I T C H in, in in France, I mean in, in in French, you don't know what that means. You gotta, right? But now I give meaning to it. You still have the same option. Right. It still don't mean nothing to me. You know right. what I'm saying? So we have a choice. You know, and I just feel like right now in my life, I choose to be happy, successful. And healthy, and I choose to hang people around me, like you said earlier, who got my best interests. Mm -hmm. And it may not be somebody that you agree on, but I look at how it makes me feel, and you know, I'm hopeful that I can contaminate enough spaces, and enough people with positive energy that we all can stay collective, you know, and agree on what that happiness and that community thing you talked about earlier feels like. Yeah, it's funny. Oprah says something. I, I, it's two videos I watch pretty much three, four times a week. One was Charlamagne the God when the young kid, young Dolph, got killed in Memphis. And it reminded me so much of myself because he was saying that, you know, you can't go in your own community by cookies. Mm. And the guy got killed in a cookie store. You know, right. now I don't know what he did that preceded his death, right. but he got killed where he was from. And I was like, damn, man, I don't want to die in Baltimore. You know, mm. I, I mean, I, no matter how successful you are, it's people who want what you have and who can't get it, and they're going to do anything to, to take it from you, mm -hmm. right? That's true. So then true. I think what Oprah said, Oprah said, man, you know, you got to hang around people who want the best for you, mm -hmm. you know, and who want you to be your best. And it may not always be somebody you sleep next to every day. Mm -hmm. It may not be somebody you grew up with 30 years, you know, because a lot of people, again, want you lose because y'all can't win. Yeah. And when you look like you're leaving them, Mm. They get scared yeah. because they can't identify with what's about to happen, you know. And like anything in life, when people get scared, they do two things. They fight or they flight. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I just feel like, you know, for me, at this age, I've seen enough, you know, situations that tell me what's good to me and what's good for me. Right. You know, and you got to know the difference. I always want what's good for me. Because exactly. what's good to you don't always last sometimes. Exactly. Think about this. Eat a whole bowl of fried pork. It's good, right? <laughs> it tastes good. It tastes good. Uh -huh. It's good for you, man. You know what I'm saying? You're so, right. like, you know, and even living, I call it, you know, hustling or doing anything to survive. I'm not against anybody surviving, man. Exactly. As men, we got to do, we got to do take care of our family. They did it when the Indians and the Cowboys was going against each other. They did it when the Pilgrims and, and all, people got to survive. Mm -hmm. But I just think that you got to make a conscious decision on what's worth your health, your freedom, and your safety. Because I don't want to make a 10-year decision 
for ten thousand dollars. Exactly. But we do it every day. We do it every day. We do it every, every day. day. Man. But I mean, but I mean, that's that goes right to your thing about surviving, man. Like, you know, some people, you know, look at ten thousand, like you said, you know. No, you you had to like, I mean, like yeah. but see, sometimes creating a lifestyle brings upon those harsh decisions and then harsh reality. Man, we, but I think we, you know, this is the thing. I think we gotta start trying to figure out how to deal with our beings, right? Because, like you said, you only can drive one car, you only can wear one watch at a time, you only can live in one house at a time. You know. What I'm but I see, I'm guilty of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I, but, I, but, I, but I was saying is that I, I could afford it. What I'm saying is that there's nothing wrong with get, obtaining those things no, if you can I afford it. You, yeah. But it doesn't change who I am. But I'm right. saying, like you know, when. A lot of stuff I did was for marketing. Right, right. I mean, you look at the pictures around here. I'm, I'm, that, uh, I'm not a fan of him. <laughs> but it's marketing, right? You know right. what I'm saying? I mean, I don't, I don't play soccer. Right. But these things are marketing tools. I buy a certain car. But then I realized that, you know, Baltimore not ready for that. Yeah. Right. Baltimore wasn't ready for me to have a Rolls Royce, a Lamborghini, and not sell drugs, not run from the police. Right. Because it's not normalized. Right. So now you're putting yourself in jeopardy because now you're not getting love, you're not getting celebrated, you're getting hated. Mm -hmm. And a 17-year-old kid who wants to have those things will kill you to get, to get it. Exactly. So is it worth losing your life over? Is it fair to you that you can't enjoy what you work hard for? No. But it still don't make sense to do it when you know for a fact you can't enjoy it. Right. Because then you start looking at people like, damn, you mad because I'm winning? Right. I'm going to help people. Right. Man, okay. That's why I said earlier, like, <laughs> it bothered me that you have a black, I have black-owned businesses. Yeah. And people were high supported in their individual and their official capacity hasn't walked through this door. But when they see me, what's up, boy? What's up, boy? Mm. I'm going to come see you. But I'm, I'm going to be me. I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah. But I don't, you don't need to come out. We good. You don't right. need to come out there. Right. But you ran. <laughs> to the you ran on your knees, <laughs> posting. That's my guy, and you don't even know the man. Uh, uh, uh. You don't know him from uh, uh, a peach cobbler. You don't know him from an apple pie on Thanksgiving. Yeah. But you went down there and made it your business, posting. Yo, that's my man down here. You know, uh, <laughs> and you know me. Right. But you won't come to say, man, I'm proud of you, man. Listen, yeah. what can we do yeah. to get? Another one, or can you get my? And I'm saying you, you trying to get people jobs. Yo, this is, can this can be done for you. You he got the blueprint to flip houses. Yeah. If I want to flip houses, I'm gonna go ask my man Al what, what I do, yeah. or my friend Mark what I do. Right. But if you trying to open up a business, and I mean like you know, nobody here say man, still game pay me, man. We we ain't gotta pay. I'll check my stuff. If it's messed up, it's a clogger. I'm gonna fix it. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, but I'm saying, like, you know, you got people who didn't pay our people, right? Talk about our people, yeah. disrespect our people, still and they still want to go in there and hug them, like, you know, as if the, you know we having an innocent Mardi Gras. But I get it, yeah, because those individuals are who they are, yeah, and they know who they are, yeah. And I ain't got, I'm not yeah. shying away from it. I'm a man. I'm gonna say it once. I'm gonna say it twice. Yeah. And I, uh, it's whatever come is gonna come, because I, ain't, I'm just saying, but. They know who they are. Right. You know, y'all run around, they run around our town celebrating people who won't even celebrate them, who won't give back, mm -hmm. who would never gave back. Right. And who's using us for whatever reason, black, white, or indifference, and they okay with that because at the moment it look good. Mm -hmm. People, we gotta do better. Yeah. We gotta support each other. We gotta shout Simple. out, shout out, we at uh, Silk Sports Bar. Any black on our race or any bar that we know 
is doing the right thing by all the people, right man. Thing. It don't matter. Again, people busy. We not. I'm not. You know, if you live in Owens Mills and you're 95, you might not have time to come and talk. So I get it. Right. But if you, but when you're the type of person who makes it your business to idolize someone that you don't know, mm-hmm. patronize somebody you don't know, and you, you're you're investing in things you don't know. But then somebody you do know, you don't do the latter. That's the issue with me because then you're not only being fair as a friend, you're being phony. phony. And I'm like, ah, you know what I'm saying? You know, I'm good with that. You know, I'm, I'm good with that. Because I don't really want to entertain that energy. Yeah, exactly. A good friend of mine yesterday, man, you know, I ain't going to mention his name. He, he went to court. He told everybody, don't come to court. Don't come to court with me. I'm good. Don't come to court. <laughs> but that's my friend. I still went. Right. I'm the only one down there. Because I want to let him know I'm here Support for you. Them. You don't got don't tell me what to do. I'm your friend. I'm coming. Right. I want to come. And he looked at back. Just, I'm here. You know, yeah. sat back and 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 I over. We left. But that's my friend. Right. Exactly. I'm not gonna not support my friend, even though I know he think that he don't need the support because I've been where he was once was. Right. Mm-hmm. And I want to let him know. Man, I understand that you might want to be by yourself, but sometimes, you know, looking back and seeing somebody, yeah. you know, because they could they could have took you and, went, and, and you had to get your keys, mm-hmm. your phones, you. Mm-hmm. Those things happen. Yeah. But I understand that he was doing what he thought was in his best interest, and that's cool. I'm just saying, man, for me. I just believe in giving people their flowers, man, you know. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it's perpetuated. Yeah, man. So look. We here at Silks. Seven days a week. Seven days a Seven week. Seven days a week, man. Come check them out. Great food, great atmosphere, man. Great staff. Come for the fight night, game night, whatever. Home of the defending champions, Devin Nuggets, like I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> and uh Real Estate Podcast. Check us out. What you yeah. want to shout out, Al? Don't, don't forget about our networking event, December 4th. Yes. We want y'all to come out. We're going to invite everybody that's been on all our podcasts. So if you want opportunities, whether it's real estate or something else, just come by and network and build your, and, and build your network, man, and, and, and try to get somewhere positive with your life, man. So if y'all want to learn stuff and meet good people, come to the networking. Like Stokey was saying, we have to start supporting each other. You know what I mean? So we're going to invite Stokey out to that. What's the we're date? Gonna, What's the date? December, December 4th? December 4th. Okay. Come out and meet everybody that's been on our podcast. Man, we appreciate all the support. Everyone has been supporting us, and I, I want to thank Stogie personally, man, because like you say, man, everybody's time is valuable. I know his time is very valuable, so thanks so much now, for coming I, out, I, big I appreciate brother. you not giving up with me, because we supposed to done this last week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but we but you know we our schedule was conflicting, man. But I wanted to show you my allegiance and my support, and I also gonna steal your guys. You know, nah, you got it, man. Whatever whatever I got, man, you welcome but, to, man. Nah, it, it's good, man, because I think you know right now we really have to. Um, Make time for our friends and, and use these platforms to not only spread love and information, man, but give everybody an insight on what's really going on behind the scenes. And I think using these platforms not only help me, but help someone else because, you know, I might not get a chance to meet somebody one on one. Right. They see this podcast, they learn one thing, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like I just learned some things about you. Yeah. I learned some things about Al, you know, so it's, it's all good, man. But, you know, we, we, I always tell people, man, you know, once we come together, you know, we and, and stick together, then you're going to see a, a ball in motion. Yeah. Yes. And they know this about a ball in motion. <laughs> yes. Ball in motion stays in motion, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's my pleasure to be here. I'm thank y'all for coming. This is y'all home, man. Y'all welcome anytime. Man, I'm going to be all the time anyway, man. The food's so good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I got to keep coming back. And the fights be hot. Yeah. Come see, you got to come see the fights also, man. This is a spot to be for real. So thanks for tuning in to the Real Estate Podcast. Remember, every Monday at 6 o'clock on Hand Radio, we got to shout out our, our, our guru, our technician, King Richard Good. 
Brother Greg back there on the cameras. We appreciate y'all. Remember December 4th networking event, La Mia Moore Restaurant, another black-owned establishment in the heart of Baltimore City. We're going to be there. It's going to be live. A lot of people, a lot of good food, a lot of positive energy. Come check us out. Please check us out on all social media platforms. And please, YouTube, The Real Estate Podcast, like and subscribe. Peace and blessings.